Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Super excited you decided to join us. Before we jump in, I'd just like to give a quick shout out to Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Mention Coach Unplugged and they get $350 off. Know that they they will work on financing and they will work on trading trade-ins. They'll give you up to uh, $1,500 on a trade-in, so it's a great deal. Um, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. When you, when you start looking in your closet, you start looking in your coach's office and you see those big stack of DVDs and old VHS tapes and you're spending all this time on YouTube, why do that? Go over and check out teachhoops.com. It's one-stop shop. It's everything you need to become a better basketball coach. It's a community. It's resources. It's one-on-one calls. You know, when you're stuck, I, I think I was on three calls today with with coaches, um, helping them not only with frustrations, but with figuring out how to win playoff games. So come over and let, let my 30 years of experience help you win more games. Come over and check it out, teachhoops.com. Let's head off to the podcast. Anderson. All right, welcome. All right, Coach <coughs> Anderson. I'm going to have you. Um, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. And what I like to do is kind of have people for because most people I have on are teachers. So I would love you to kind of tell about your your teaching journey first, kind of how you got into it, kind of how, how it started and where it went. And then after that, you know, we'll jump into coaching. We'll jump into your side gig. We'll do all that kind of stuff. But I always interested in how people kind of get into this into this uh, side hustle or this gig of we call teaching kind of thing. So certainly, well, I, uh, my, my parents taught for 64 combined years at Baser high school. Uh, so I was a, I was a teacher's kid and had, did they meet there? No, they, uh, they grew up in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. They met there and then okay. they, both, they both taught there in that district for 64 years. Okay. My parents met my parents. I'm, I'm fifth generation. I think I might be the last one. Uh, 
just because of the state of affairs in education Certainly. right now. Certainly. Uh, so, which is sad. But my parents met in an elementary school. They actually got married in a gym, so you'll appreciate that. So Yeah, you, that, that's really cool. You can see the water fountains in the backgrounds of their pictures. But I was very, um, you know, I was very... Um, I was around that. I was around kid. I was, I've been at school every day of my life, right. Since five years old, even before that. Um, and my, my journey basically began, you know, I knew I wanted to teach and coach. Um, I went to the gym with my dad every Sunday while he graded papers. And, uh, you know, I grew up in the seventies and eighties. So when I was in grade school and middle school, I called every play at quarterback. Right had a lot of responsibility. Coaches gave you a lot of responsibility then. Yep. And then, you know, my teaching journey, I went to Pittsburgh state, uh, in Kansas and okay. learned a lot about the game of football and, uh, knew a lot of the things that we were doing in football when I was in high school was wrong. Right. Uh, and when I say wrong, it was more disorganized. Dennis Franchoni was the coach, most efficient, probably the word I give teachers is learn how to be efficient. Right. Um, you know, and I grew up in the 70s and 80s, which was good and bad. Uh, but I did, uh, you know, my student, just to talk about teaching, my student teaching didn't go well at all. No, mine didn't either. I walked, I did, I did part of mine in a, in a middle school and I walked into that and I, I called my, I remember calling my parents. That's when you had to call them on like a phone phone. Oh, certainly. And, and I said, I'm not going back into a middle school. Like either it's going to be high school or I'm going to do something else. Like I ain't doing this. I was in a K-8 building and I expected everything to be like it was when I was in grade school. And, right. and, uh, but I was in a different place and my wife said, my wife and I were getting married and she said, well, what are you going to do if it's not any good, your first teaching job? And I said, well, I'll go try, I'll go one more place and then try to do something else. Right. Uh, but my first year of teaching was just unbelievable. Um, I had, I had great, I was in a great, I had great kids and I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a lot of problems. Uh, right. and my second year was terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Part of it was I wasn't very good. I had an right. extra prep and did some different things. I wrote down everything I was going to change, and, and after that, everything was fine. Right. And the thing is, I, 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 this was one of my, I don't know if it's summary year or summative, whatever. It's a year I'm getting, I got evaluated this last year, and I remember sitting down with the principal and blah, blah, blah. And we were, a lot of it was just small talk stuff. But I said, this was the first year, and this is the year, this last year was the year 30 of me teaching. Okay. I said, okay. I feel like I'm in my stride. And he starts laughing. He goes, what do you mean? I go, the last couple of years have been the, I mean, I'm, I'll be 50, I'm 52. I, I said, I feel like I got this. Like, I feel like finally I can like, I got a rep and it's taken 30 years to get to that point. Like how many classes have I taught to get to the point where it's like, Sir, well, certainly know? And when I first, the, the building I taught in, I taught in a middle school that was very, very structured. My, my first 16, 17 years of teaching. Right. And it, you know, and I thought, I thought it was just, I thought it was great, but I only taught seventh grade. So I, ne I only had the kids one year. They only had to put up with me one year. And now where I am, I'm at a K-8 building. I teach sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And midway through that first year, I went, oh, golly, um, I'm going to have these sixth and seventh graders again next year. So you've got to, you've got to make sure, and that can be a good and a bad thing. Right. And, uh, it's turned into a very, very good thing, but you, you better be, you better be ready because whatever you allow in sixth and seventh grade, you know, they're going to, they're going to try to get away with more and, and middle school kids are an interesting animal. People look no, at No, 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 no. I, I, well, I, yeah. 
I think it is. I, it, it, a lot of people consider it the black hole of education. It is. But it is, it, it is just, it, there should be an island. There should literally be an island where we send them. And then they come back when they're human beings again from that, like. Certainly. It's, Certainly. It's just a, it's, it's a tough stretch. And it, it hasn't gotten any easier with social media and all the stuff we're throwing at them now. It hasn't right. gotten easier. Right. It's gotten harder, I think. Yeah. Um, I agree. All right. So, so you you stayed at the, you stayed there your entire career. Well, I was at Val, I was at Valley Center for sixteen years or for seventeen years. Okay. Head girls basketball coach there uh, for sixteen. Yep. Uh, at the high school and uh, did a lot of football and I, yeah, I stayed there and it was great. But you know, some things changed and I had a uh, I had a and I had kids and uh, things especially in the boys, I'm a girls basketball coach, especially right. in the boys, things were going bad. And, uh, we decided, we decided to make a change. And, right. uh, we came to another school that, uh, I'd actually competed against and knew a lot of people there. And, uh, we've been there for 10 full years now. We just okay. finished year 10 there. And what do you, what do you consider the difference between coaching guys? And, because you've coached both guys. And yes. Girls. yes, sir. Um, being a guy is a different perspective, obviously, but there's, I, I truly in the, the six best years of my life or what probably changed me were going from being head girls basketball to being freshman boys basketball coach. And my okay. son was in the program too. And I did that for six years. I was by myself every morning from six to seven thirty in the morning. We practiced before school and I had my 12 kids Yep. and I actually realized, man, I, uh, I wasn't a very good head coach to my freshman coach because we changed offenses and stuff all the time. And the ninth grade, the ninth grade stuff about teaching and just getting kids better at basketball. And when you only practice 90 minutes, you got to get, you got to get a lot done and you got to learn to be efficient. So I'm, I'm a better coach now. And a lot of it has to do with experience. It does. I mean, and that's what I, I have people, no lie. I mean, I probably, when we get off this, I'll have three things in my inbox. People ask me about coaching jobs of how this drill, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you can just, part of it is you just got to go do, you got to give yourself as many experiences as possible. Yes. You know, it's like being a plumber. It's, it's the exact same thing. We have a leak and we have a leak right now in our sink in our kitchen. So I'm literally trying to solve it myself. And I've been to the hardware store three times. Haven't quite figured it out yet. There might be a point where I have to call an expert in, but I'm going to, you know, all of it is giving me experiences. And I think all these things like, oh, I'm going to apply for my first job. I'm going to become a head coach. I'm going to coach. In co it's like, you know, all those guys have had thousands of experiences before they got to that point, you know, Certainly. And and that's what I would tell all the young coaches that are listening. It's like, go give yourself as many as experiences you can. You will become a different coach when you coach third. I mean, Beeline said, you mean the prime example, he's coached every level. Now he's, now he's with the Cavs, you know. Yes. He learned, trust me, he learned something on every one. Um, every level he was, that he did, you know, teach it. Go, go volunteer and coach a fourth grade girls team and then, Try to get on a varsity staff and then try to do, you know, everything teaches you a little something. And, and I would group. say, and, and to, to piggyback off that, I was the offensive coordinator at the high school, at my school before, right. at the high school level. And we had a pretty high level program and they got me to coach the third and fourth grade. Right. Just to get them in a huddle and to line up. Right. Is, and, and once you learn to do that and then, but it was, it wasn't until my son was in fifth grade that we could functionally right. 
play football, and then it was fun. But you have to teach it. <laughs> but it's a teaching thing. It exactly. is a teaching thing. Now, I'm not saying what I've read on, and I've asked high-level D1 guys, they spend about 15% of their day coaching the game. They spend yes, about 85% of the I don't want to do that. No. I mean, they're, but some, they're great. Don't get me wrong. Those 15%, they're good teachers, and they have guys under them that are unbelievably te great teachers. But the game is about teaching. Like, my team can't set screens to save their lives. I'm going to spend the next six months figuring out how I can teach them better how to set screens. It's like we're horrible at it. So I'm going to literally have to break it down to, like, a fourth-grade level. Like, here's where your butt should go. Here's how you should be set. Here's how you should come off. It. Here's how you I'm should a, it You know, and I'm a talking about screening. I was just reading about that yesterday. I am a big believer in we don't headhunt. No. We position screens and make the cutter use it. Now, yeah. the screener, of course, needs to needs to have his feet set and be where you want. But the one thing that I just learned yesterday watching something is the cutter shouldn't make a decision until the screener jump stops. Right, until the it stops. And then it has a chance to, to slip and all that. And, and you have to read what your defender's doing. They don't read it. It's like yeah. go. I, I tell them it's like you're going 90 and you just saw the cop. So now you're going to slow down to 65 or 70, and then you're going to get past the cop. And my guess is you're going to speed up again. It's like yeah. you got to read. I like that analogy. You got to read the situation, people. And the big issue I saw last night for the people listening is, but to where you want them to go. Yes. So yes, no doubt. It, it, <laughs> we had one of our contact days, and literally they were setting screens, and their butt was facing half court. I go, I don't want him cutting to half court. Certainly. We you say know, shoulder blades to where they want him to go. Yeah. The bounce play that we send him to the corner. Yeah, it's so it's so simple on that. Now are you, um, now are you pretty are you pretty structured? No, we run read and react. Read and react. Um, okay. We're gonna put in uh, we're we're gonna put in a, a structured kind of high low. We stole some stuff from Virginia and a couple other places. Oh, the, yeah, the Virginia stuff's good. Um, it is. So we've got some stuff in there. Um, you know, I want them to play, you know, it's funny. And this is for the young coaches listening too. It's like, or even the old ones. It's like, I used to run flex and swing early in my career. You know, we were very structured. It's, and that was when I had my best players out, you know, I had NBA guys at that point, but I had to, I had to slow them down and make them do some things. Now it's like, we're not quite as talented. So I got to, you know, give them some freedom. So it's harder to be predictable, um, but you got to change. If you don't I still see. think what I didn't understand though, because I ran flex and I've run, uh, I ran Kelvin Sampson stuff forever. You still, yep. even if you're structured, you have to play within the structure and still read within the structure. Right, and right. That's what people and, and you and have that's to adjust. It, yeah, yeah. At, at the, you ask the difference between girls and boys. Girls, we they like to know where the cuts are coming, but we also you know right. get some options off of it. So we're not. We're not a read and react, but we are reading. We, we ran Underwood stuff this summer. And that's good. And, I like that stuff. I like and stuff. I do. And uh, the pinch post, I didn't yep. think I could teach, but it's it's been good for us. My theory is, too, all the stats. I'm a stats teacher. I'm a math teacher. So everyone's shooting threes and, and five-footers right now. So we're working on getting some, you know, kind of mid-range, different things, kind of give different Here, Here's the stat I would like to see because I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying that. Um, if you could, right now, leave us a review. 
even if it's just a five-star review, that's great. Or if it's a written review, I read every one of them. They do mean a lot to us no matter where you listen, especially on iTunes. Um, also, make sure you go over and check out ttubes.com for coaches who want to get better. We're all kind of creeping up. We can see basketball season off there in the in the horizon. Um, can't imagine a better time to come join before all the changes that are going to be happening happen. Um, also, if you would like to help us out um, in your shop, do any shopping on Amazon, you can click our Amazon link down below. And that would be one way. Um, every time you purchase something, we get a, a little, uh, little kickback in, you know, as an affiliate link. So uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Let's get back to it. I don't know that people understand that a missed two-pointer. How many times do you get offensive rebounds on a missed two-pointer? Right. I think you get it. I think you get a lot. I think you get more. I don't, I don't have any. I have nothing to back that up, but. I mean, I think if you've gone around somebody and shot a pull-up, somebody's in the middle of rotation, and you've got a chance to get an offensive rebound. It's an interesting. I'm going to do some digging on that. It is interesting. Because I never played with a three-point line. You went, Well, and you probably didn't either because you're 52. No, I never yeah. played with a three-point line. College. It was in college. I did in college. I yeah, did in college. college. Okay. okay. And it was, it's outside my range. Literally, I've lost like five games of horse to my players, literally, five, in like 30 years. I never lose them. For two reasons. First Certainly. of all, I know, I know what to say to them to get in their heads. Certainly. And I can hit a 15-footer from the elbow with almost my I, – I mean, I beat, I beat one of my former players two days ago. Eight, I mean, he had one – I had one letter. He had five. We played horse. And I almost beat him on a blindfolded free throw. And they go, what do you mean? I said, I'll blindfold on the free throw. I've shot so many free throws. I know what it feels like. You line me up, I'll hit it. I missed it, but it was really close. I, the thing is – you need to know your specific range. That's the problem is they don't know their specific range. They get, they get, they get extended out. Um, and, and you know, that's you know, funny. You say that we have a, we have a boy's assistant that is, he's 15 years older than I am. So he's 66. Right. And every year we went to the state tournament. He told those kids, go stand and shoot five free throws before you do anything else because of the backgrounds. That yeah. will, find your range because that's a that should be a should be a range that you know right i mean i literally can close my eyes right now and feel a free throw i can feel that distance and it's like but they haven't figured going back to what i was saying they haven't figured out that if they shot threes I, they'd beat me every time I'm old. i don't have that range well got that range because it was to the girls program you can shoot with a 28.5 yes ball yes that's different i could do it um so, all right. So let's let's talk about let's talk about um, let's talk about your quotes. You have a couple. Okay. Of quotes. Um, um, you know, and and I the first one is mine. Okay. Uh, don't be in a hurry to go nowhere. If you teach at a middle school, those kids. I don't have a clock in my room. Uh, I ref and if they let me take the phone and the intercom out both, I'd let it, I'd let that happen. Um, but. We have kids that try to clean up five minutes before the bell and they're sprinting to the door to go to the next class that they don't necessarily want to be in yet. Take care of the business where you're at. And that's straight off Coach Wooden's be quick, but don't hurry. But I, I use yeah. in the classroom, in the classroom, my number one quote, and, and my kids gave me a coffee mug with it. Don't be in a hurry to go nowhere. Yeah. My, my grandma, my grandma Mac used to say, don't wish your life away. Exactly. Exactly. Like, that's a great one. It and is. I'm, it is. She and it. 
I mean, that guy that was 40 years ago, and I still remember that. And it's like, I do think you need things to look forward to. I think you need to plan trips and do things Certainly. like that. I always think that, but I'm not like wishing, you know, to retire. I'm not wishing. Remember, Superman is the only one that can, besides our creator, that could speed up or slow down right. by, by flying around the world. It's, right. No one else can do it. Right. Um, yeah, so I love that. So that, that takes care of one and two. Go to the next one, Coach. You are um, – Well, I think, and and if this is in business, when I heard you say side gigs, I didn't know how much this was going to have to do with coaching, teaching. It is. We'll we'll get into the side gig thing in a second. You're you're running a program, not a team. And I heard Bruce Weber, um, a a lot of people here in Kansas don't like Bruce. Um, Really? The Kansas State people don't. They're on him all the time. And part of the problem is he can't beat Bill Self, um, which he did this year. But... um, Here's, here's something that he did, and, and I, and I want to tell this story a little bit. I heard him speak when he was at Illinois and said, we cut corners to try to win that year, and that's what got us fired. They coached the next year and then got, basically got fired. And so when he came to K-State, he had, he had a pretty decent team his first year, but he had a kid, I think his name was Brown. He ended up transferring to Creighton. Well, he was a cancer. Right. And Bruce, there was a whole article in Yahoo that Bruce had said, never coach to save your job. And he got rid of three or four kids and they had a bad year, but now they're knocking on the door all the time. And, he, and now that he's older, he's basically said, this is my last job. I'm going to do it my way. Right. And I'm going to be successful doing that or I'm going to get fired by him. Right. Or I'm going to go. And I think he's a tremendous coach. He, right. I still have his, uh, and I ought to print it off. Uh, he's, he uh, he gave me what he calls his son's game, which is basically full court three on three, eleven second shot clock, and he drew the whole thing up, and we run it, and it's a uh, great drill. I mean, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. Matter of fact, I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's like you know, I always tell people, I think there is some freedom. When you get older, like, you know, I've won three state champions. I mean, I've coached so long. I mean, if they, if they told me I couldn't coach next year, if that would have happened in my thirties, it would have been devastating. It happens now. Shoot. I'm going to dig out my boat and go fishing. You know? Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go coach some, I'm going to go coach something. <laughs> yeah. I play golf, but I don't, uh, my, my body's breaking down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I, I used to golf before I coach. I don't fish even hardly yeah. at all anymore either. Um, so I love that. Uh, all right. So let's talk about, let's talk about the side gig thing. So you were okay. saying, cause Certainly. I personally think, so this is my issue. If you, I think it was, I think it was even yesterday. They were talking about how people, it was a USA article, USA today article yesterday that basically was talking about how teachers, people think teachers have the summer off. Oh, I, haven't, certainly. I haven't had a summer off in 30 years. Um, because every teacher has, every teacher just doesn't teach. I mean, Certainly. and that was different. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I don't know if that was, that was different when I started that, you know, teachers didn't have two or three side gigs or side hustles when they started. Certainly. Uh, I've got like seven. Um, this is the podcast and stuff is just fun, but uh, you know, that's, you know, that's why I want, I wanted to hear what you had to say about the side gig thing. Well, I'm, I'm lucky. Um, my my wife has a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, and you, so you married up, coach. That's what I always say. You married up. Good job. Yeah, my parents taught both of uh, my parents taught her mom. Um, okay. But 
uh, basically what I would tell, you know, June is all basketball for us. We start the, the day after Memorial Day and we have our camp. Um, the next week we have, we have summer league every Monday, uh, two nights, and we work on, uh, they're in the weight room four days a week. Uh, two days a week they go to basketball. Uh, if they're basketball only kids, they can come in and shoot on their own Wednesday, Thursday. The other kids go to volleyball. We go to, we go to one overnight team camp which is at Pittsburgh State, my alma mater, played okay. eight games. And we also uh, played uh, one thing. I, uh, they have a two-minute tournament down there. And one thing that I want to tell everybody and advocate for, I say advocate for, is you want to get better at special situations, um, you got to have a two-minute tournament. Or, or, and I'll tell you how to do it at the end of your summer league games. But, and then, uh, and then we went to Hutch, which is Hutch Community College, which is driving distance, and that's just a day deal. And so, you know, all we do is our, uh, our kids, we do most of our stuff in June. Um, and so I'm until uh, our moratorium, which was July 1st through 8th, where you couldn't do anything or use any of the facilities. Right. You know, we did all basketball basically until the 21st of, you know, I did nothing else. I went to a clinic in Atlanta. I went to USA Basketball Clinic in Atlanta, and I took my son, who is diving into the coaching world, and okay. living, in my, and he's living in my basement. That's good for him. No, no, no. He's going to be an assistant coach at uh, Bethel College in Newton. So I'm trying to guide him a little bit. How um, old is he? He's 22. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. He, for all the 20 year olds listening to this, 20s are when to, what the when you should figure out what you want to do in your life. Exactly. And I swear to God, I've told my son this, I told my daughter this. 20s is like if you have to live on a friend's couch or live in your live in our basement. I don't care. T figure it out in your 20s because people sure. will help you in your 20s. Yeah, they won't I, open doors for you in your 20s. They won't open doors for you and I anymore. Shoot. No. Um, so go figure out what you want to do, travel the world, figure it out because you have no responsibilities other than yourself. You well, know? and one thing, and I am, I, I do think that we are still lifetime teachers. I will help him as much as I can. I paid for his clinic and all that. Right. Uh, he's going up to play in a golf tournament and wanted extra cash right. this weekend. So right. that, that's on you. Right. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm going to, he needs to learn that it's going to be tough. Or yes. ladder being a coach. So sometimes we have to say no as parents. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not a bank. I'm not no. a bank. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then I will go work Snow Valley in uh, two weeks. Okay, that's a great clinic. That's great. Took, that and took eight kid. Yeah, I took eight kids last year, and we, we don't have any going this year, but I still – that's just – it's a group of guys I really like and girls up right. there. That, uh, so I'll drive up and do that. That's great. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, I, I always say that a great side gig is like camps. A great side gig is, especially for young people, you know, if you're a coach or you're in that profession, I would say, I mean, in my 20s, I would spend the whole summer working different camps. I met so many different people. It opened so many different doors. Um, and that's what I did. I mean, I was like, I'd work Monday through Thursday or Friday. I'd go home for a couple of days, go back and do it repeat. You know, you don't make a lot. But you learn a lot, um, and I, I think camps are, are are a great way to kind of tackle it. Um, Our, well, and the rules in Kansas changed. Um, we used to not be able to work with our kids at all. So right, camps were big. I went to a camp every summer. I went to overnight. I went to Heart of America. I went to KU. I always went to a day camp at Leavenworth, and 
I like that block of that's all you're doing for three days is basketball and right. nothing else. The, that's kind of changed around here a little bit. Kids, kids aren't wanting to do that as much. Um, so I don't know. And I think you have to, I think you have to figure out what your kids will do and do a lot of that. Not that you won't work on fundamentals, but we played more games this summer right. uh, than we have in the past. Now we're pretty, we're a lot more experienced too. Right. And I, I think, I think you have to read your group. Like exactly. some groups need to like, I have a group coming up that needed to play a lot. We're pretty, I mean, they didn't, you know, we still get them in the gym. We, the, Wisconsin changed the rules too. So I think that was a good thing to, to move it back into the high schools. Um, to allow us to have some contact, to allow us to do some stuff. Um, I was, I think was a great move. Um, yeah, when I first started, uh, they could, you could only, you could only have three kids play together or two kids play together. And then it was five kids could play together, but you couldn't coach them. And, and so they'd get around on all these different teams and, and, uh, you know, I, now that I have control of them, I'm in a good, I'm in a good place. We're a, we're a public school with one Catholic church. Right. Um, so <laughs> I'm not necessarily teaching and coaching in the real world. Either, right. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. It does. It does. Trust me, it does. Um, all right. So tell me about the books that you uh, put on here. Oh, that certainly. Is, yeah. certainly. Um, you know, and I, I think I put down on this that they make, they make a lot more sense when you're older. I always say I wish I'd have read them when I was younger, but, um, you know, I don't know um, if I'd have listened to them. You know, my dad said, I, you know, I told you all that stuff when you were growing up, but the growth mindset's probably the number one book that has changed me a little bit um, by Carol Dweck. And, and it's helped me as much on the classroom as it has on the court. Hey coach, I hope you enjoyed that. Make sure you subscribe and like, leave a written review. We would love those. Also, I would ask that you go down and think about joining teachhoops.com. I know you've been thinking about it. It's like, oh, should I do it? It's a lot of money. It's like, trust me, it will pay for itself. I would not, I, you know, I have partners I have to pay, but it is worth every penny. So go over and check it out. Um, and then if you're gonna do any shopping, click that Amazon link down below. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.